So this week we read about the bread that came from heaven, the mon, and the Torah um, describes this bread as coming down in three different, three different ways. In one pasuk it says that in order to get the mon, you had to go far outside the camp. People had to go far outside the camp. Another pasuk it says that the Jew came on the camp together with the man who came into the camp where the Jewish people were it wasn't you have to go outside the camp that's in this parasha and the other Torah portion Bashalach, where also speaks about the man it says Viyatsa. people went out of the camp to get the man so Shatu means they went very far Viyatsa means they went right outside the camp so the Talmud explains which one was it was it inside the camp was it right, out, right outside the camp was it far from the camp the Talmud answers, it depends who was getting the man. For the tzaddikim, it came to them uh, right inside the camp. For those who were not tzaddikim and not rishayim, they were in the middle, it came right outside the camp. And for the wicked, it came, the rishayim, it came far out, far from the camp. That's what says in the Talmud about the place where the man fell. And the Talmud also talks about the three different descriptions of what the man was. One place it says the man was, um, the man came down ready to eat. Other place it says they had to bake it. And the third place it says that they had to grind it. It was flour, that they could make it into flour. So which one was it? Was it ready to eat? Did you have to bake it? Or you have to, you have to, you have to grind it? So Talmud says it depends who it was. For it's Adikim, ready to eat. For you, Avramu, for sure, you're ready to eat. No question about it. Ready to eat by your doorstep, no question about it. But uh, for everybody else, they had to bake it, they had to grind it into flour. Depends who you were. If you're a tzaddik, if you're a bit of Russia, if you're a Bainni. That's the same, the same uh, distinction between where the man fell also applied to what actually fell down, what kind of thing you got for your man. So, it's the sixth aliyah. Huh? It's the sixth aliyah. Oh, great. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you. So it says that um, the man is called bread from heaven. And actually the bracha that you make on man is different than bracha you make on regular bread. Bracha you make is Hamaitzi lech Hashem brings bread out of the sky. The bread we have in the earth, we say Hamaitzi lech in the earth. God brings bread out of the earth. But the man which came from heaven, for that bread we say, that God brings his bread from heaven. One of the unique characteristics of this bread was, of the man that came from heaven was that you didn't have to go to the bathroom after eating it. When every part of the man became completely absorbed in the body in a nutritious way, you didn't have to do anything at all to, um, uh, to, you didn't have to, to, the body didn't have to release any part of the man. The man was good Every, for the body and became 100% absorbed in the body. And that's just regarding the physical man itself. Besides that, it says the man caused a zikuch. It says the man caused refinement in people. It says that the only people who were able to um, understand the Torah were those. Only, only Okay. In two, three minutes is good too. That's right. It's actually what we're discussing about what you're saying, as you'll see if you, if you make it. 
says the Torah was given only to those who, who ate the man. Why was the Torah given to those who ate the man? The simple reason is because you didn't, only had to eat, you didn't have to work, work at all to earn a livelihood. It came to you ready from heaven, so you're able to concentrate on training and understand the Torah. That's one explanation. Another explanation was the reason the Torah was given to Jewish people after they started to receive the, the man uh, was because the man caused refinement in them. By eating the man, it caused refinement. Now, who, who do we just say ate the man? We said even the wicked people got man. They had a different way. They had to grind it. They had to bake it. But they also got the man. That means, they, how can we say the man causes refinement when it says that the wicked ate the man too? And the answer is, is that in the refinement, there's different levels of refinement. Indeed, they didn't become tzaddikim. So, on the one hand, the man became part of the flesh and blood. On the other hand, they didn't, and it caused refinement, but it didn't cause a complete transformation. They ate the man, they were elevated by it, but it wasn't that they were totally transformed. When eventually every Jew does tshuva, you could trace a part of the tshuva back to, back to the man as well. But that's why um, it says when you ate the man, you'd have to go to the bathroom. Similarly, spiritually, even by the wicked, being part of their body, they also didn't have to go to the bathroom. Not just Sadiqim did not go to the bathroom. Even the Rishonim didn't have to go to the bathroom. Even Rishonim were able to completely absorb the man and it affected them. Okay. So Rabbi Sadi Goen says the following. He says, let's say you're lost in the, in the desert and you have a minion, you want to read the Torah, you don't know which parasha to read. So he says you should read the Torah portion of the man. Why the Torah portion of the man? So the answer that's given is because that Torah portion was said on Shabbos. Problem is, the explanation is that's not, not the only Torah portion that was said on Shabbos. There are many, many Torah portions that were said on Shabbos. So how come this is called the, you know, the, the generic Torah portion that you should always read if you don't know which Torah portion to read? Just because it was said on Shabbos, other portions were said, were said on Shabbos. And the answer is, is that the man um, has a relationship to Shabbos. What's the relationship between the man and the Shabbos? The idea of Shabbos is that there is a... The world itself, as it is a world, receives something otherworldly. There's something which is godly and holy that happens to the world on Shabbos. Every Shabbos on Friday night we say, Literally that means God finished creating the heaven and earth. But Vayichulu also means Kiloyim. The world in a state of yearning. The energy of the world is yearning to be connected to Hashem. The world itself changes on Shabbos. Exter- externally, it's the same world. But internally, the energy of the world is elevated on Shabbos. And there's a yearning, there's a thirst in the world to be close to Hashem on Shabbos. So to the, um, the, uh, um, the food that we eat on Shabbos is different than the food we eat during the week. During the week, it says that you eat food and you don't have the right intent eating the food. He's not supposed to, it's, it's not supposed to enjoy the food and you eat during the week. And if you do, the food brings you down, makes you coarser, makes you lower, makes you fagrept, right? You eat food, on, food during the week, you're not having the right intent as the food causes you to, to descend. It affects you, it brings you down. On the other hand, you do exactly the same thing on Shabbos. If indeed you're eating the food for the sake of Shabbos, not because you just want to enjoy food and their excuses that it's Shabbos, but if you indeed are eating something for honor of Shabbos, if it's for Shabbos, then so the food itself causes, it lifts you up. It's a mitzvah to have this food on Shabbos. Not only does the food not bring you down, on the contrary, the, the food elevates you. There's actually an interesting distinction between Yantav and Shabbos. After Yantav, the Torah says that, that there are three fast days that some people do in order to refine themselves after eating so much on Yantav. 
Go Bahab. And Monday and Thursday and Monday, following the Yantiv, they have three fasts, the Sadiqim, every Yantiv, in order to elevate themselves after the uh, after the indulgence mm-hmm. in, in, in the food. But who has to do that? Uh, those who ate food on Yantiv. Why not do it every Shabbos? Every Shabbos, you also eat more food. So it says that the food of Shabbos doesn't have anything. Yantiv is also a mitzvah, but Shabbos is even higher than the food of Yantiv. Shabbos, it says, there's no. Um, there's no trace of anything, of anything negative in the food of Shabbos. The Shabbos itself, the food of Shabbos itself purifies. So that's the connection between Mon and Shabbos. On Shabbos, there's a holiness of Hashem descending upon the woman stays holy. So to the Mon, it comes in the physical body of a wicked person, of a Russia. The Torah says he's a Russia. And yet, it causes refinement in, in him. There's no psalis, there's no, there's no, he doesn't have to go to the bathroom, it stays holy, heavenly food, has the qualities of heavenly, heavenly food, doesn't have anything in it that's not good for the body, not good for the soul, and yet it's in the body of, of, of the rush. So too on Shabbos it says, for example, Yushalmi, it says, there's a Gemara Yushalmi in Demai, it says that a, a, an ignoramus does not lie on Shabbos. If you want to ask, an ignoramus in the time of the Talmud doesn't mean, does mean someone is ignorant. Some, in, in the time of the Talmud, the word Amaretz meant Someone who doesn't care about the Torah. They don't care about it. So if you ask this person doesn't care, hey, um, can I eat this? Was mice separated from it? Is this, is this, is this, this food, is it, is, it, is it tevel? Is it still in the state where it needs to be processed in order to be eaten? Or has the mice been separated from it already? So the halacha is, you cannot trust someone who doesn't care about the Torah. But on Shabbos you could. Why could trust them on Shabbos? It says in the Talmud, Someone in this state of not caring would not lie on Shabbos. Now this guy, is a, is, he would be classified as a wicked person because the day after Shabbos, he would lie to you and tell you, yeah, my food's okay. Before Shabbos, he'd tell you my food's okay, he would lie. And yet on Shabbos, he experiences a change and he will tell you the truth on Shabbos. Why? Because Shabbos, the holiness of Shabbos, changes the physical nature of a Jew. The Rebbe actually said that uh, Mitzvah Rebbe quotes some doctors who said they could tell on the pulse of a Jew something different on Shabbos during the week. The, the pulse is different. I don't know um, if this has been uh, uh, done with Jews uh, more recently, but uh, Mitzvah Rebbe writes about doctors who test the pulse of a Jew on Shabbos is different. So, so too in Torah, there are different parts of Torah. There is the inner dimension of Torah. There is the heavenly bread, the man part of Torah. And there is the reveal parts of Torah. The reveal parts of Torah. The reveal parts of Torah are also God's wisdom. But it's God's wisdom the way it's dressed in lies, the way it's dressed in earthy things. Just like bread from the earth, the earth is earthy, so too in the Torah talks about, let's say, the laws of what's the law if you have a donkey and I have a bull and we switch with each other and I want your donkey, you want my bull. And in the middle of, our, of this process, a baby is born. Who's, who is considered the owner of the baby at that moment? Was it my donkey, donkey's baby and I didn't switch with you yet? And so, so that whole discussion is not very heavenly and spiritual. It's a discussion about donkeys and bulls. And yet, it is heavenly and spiritual. It's God's wisdom. So the, mm-hmm. the bread from the earth in Torah is the revealed parts of Torah. It's holy and it's, it's, God, it's from God but it's earthy. However, the inner dimension of Torah is, is God's wisdom without any external shell that conceals its holiness. The inner dimension of Torah is like the mon. 
It's like the, the bread from heaven. Just like the bread from heaven, uh, when you ate it, it refined you, it elevated you, and it went also to wicked people, also ate it and also elevated them. So too, um, when a Jew learns the inner dimension of Torah, he learns the man, the Torah is compared to bread. The reason Torah is compared to bread is because just like when you eat bread, it causes your soul to be attached to your body, so too when you study Torah, it causes godliness to become part of who you are. It causes a kedusha, the holiness of Hashem, to be connected with you. It's called Hashem's bread, and it brings the holiness of Hashem into the world to be revealed. And uh, the inner dimension of Torah has unique characteristic in this itself that it, ca- it reveals Hashem in a way that, that is more tangible and palpable, that, that inspires us in a more fast and uh, more, more um, direct way. The, the, the Talmud says that you should study Torah for the right reasons, even study Torah for the wrong reasons, it's okay because because the luminary within the Torah will inspire you to do the truth. And there's a luminary, there's a light in the Torah. So the luminary in Torah is in every part of Torah, but it's revealed in the inner dimension of Torah. The inner dimension of Torah is called the luminary. So just like um, everyone ate the man and the man helped everybody, even the wicked, so too the inner dimension of Torah is something which is relevant to everyone, even the wicked. Rebbe actually once said, even if today a person did transgress a law of Hashem, he not only a rabbinic law, he transgressed a biblical law. He once, he, today was a day that he violated a biblical commandment. So what's the last thing you want to do after you violate a biblical commandment? The last thing you want to do is learn chassidus. Because you'll say, well, I'm, I'm such a low person. It's not for me. So Rebbe said, even if today you didn't have the Raisa, today you, violate, you, you missed a mitzvah, you didn't do a, a you didn't put on tzilon today, you violated a, a leisa, so you went against the mitzvah and the teira. You violated one of the 365 mitzvahs. You think this is not for me? So the, just like the man was eaten by everybody, everybody ate the man, and everybody was elevated by the man, so too the inner dimension of Torah is something which is, which is relevant to everybody. There's, there's a line we say in our, the prayers in Maira. We say, remove the satan from in front of us, remove the satan from behind us. So the idea of this is, before you do an Aveira, the satan says, it's not a big deal, just do this, it's not a big deal. After you do this in, the satan says, you see, I told you, you're worthless. You're worthless. So similarly, um, when a person does something wrong, you may think you can't learn the inner dimension of Torah. So Torah tells us, no, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. Why, why, what's the proof? The, the manna bread from heaven was eaten by everybody, even by the wicked. And therefore, everyone must partake of the inner dimension of Torah. So much so that, um, just like Shabbos is something that elevates everybody, as we just said earlier, that even someone who's ordinarily considered wicked on Shabbos is elevated, he wants to say the truth on Shabbos. doesn't mean, by the way, you cannot lie on Shabbos. <laughs> People do lie on Shabbos too. What it means is that, is that the nature of a Jew changes on Shabbos and therefore his natural state would bring him not to lie on Shabbos. That's the natural experience we have. We can go against our nature. But our natural state on Shabbos is different than the natural state during the week. We're more, we're more in touch on Shabbos. Therefore, we're less likely to say something which isn't true on Shabbos. We have, do we still have free choice on Shabbos? Yes, free choice on Shabbos. But we're not... We're not um, our, 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 we're, we're more in the zone naturally on Shabbos and therefore we would naturally say the truth on Shabbos um, my Shomo Schwartz over Shom 
he, uh, he had one, he inspired thousands of people to come closer to the Judaism. He described one interesting incident about a certain doctor. He said this doctor became very interested in Judaism because of the following phenomena. He says that um, a, a uh, disproportionate amount of people um, come to the hospital in Yom Kippur, of Jews who come to the hospital in Yom Kippur, and um, I'm trying to remember the details, and, and they have no idea that it's Yom Kippur. They have no idea that it's Yom Kippur. And, 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 and there's something about, I have one more detail of the story which is ruining it. Why, why is it Yom Kippur specifically? Anyways, but the point is, Shabbos is a similar thing. Shabbos changes us. So just like when we, before we got the Torah, Hashem gave us the manna bread from heaven before we got the Torah, to prepare to, to receive the Torah, you had to get the manna bread. That refined you and elevated you and made you worthy of receiving the Torah. So too, it says that the Baal Shem Tev, one Rosh Hashanah, the Shema was elevated to a higher place. He was going in the chambers of heaven. He arrived in the chamber of Mashiach. He asked Mashiach, when is Mashiach going to come? Mashiach told him, when your wellsprings will be spread to the outside. That's when I'm going to come. So even though um, it seems like sacrilegious, why taking these deep wellsprings of Torah, the inner dimension of Torah, and spreading them to the outside, people which are seemingly undeserving and whatever. But just like in order to receive the inner just like to receive the Torah in the first place, we had to um, we had to get the man. So too, in order to receive the inner dimension of Torah, the coming of Mashiach, to prepare, to prepare for this, Hashem has given us this inner dimension of Torah, and we see practically on the ground that thousands and thousands of people just taste a little bit of the inner dimension of Torah, and that has inspired them to come closer to their Judaism and closer to Hashem, and so that's the path, and so. Which tells us something else. It also tells us what kind of responsibility we have because we have, we're familiar with the inner dimension of Torah. Imagine you're able to give something someone, to give something to someone that'll give them life, and you hold it back from them. You know, you're, you're, you're like, it's, like, it's like murder. It's like murder. So it, we who are, have given this unique distinction of being familiar with the inner dimension of Torah, so we have a real responsibility. If we don't share it with someone else, then let's like we're chasashom, like we're. Uh, Mass, uh, mass murderers, Chassashu. I can rest on that agree. No, you agree? No, I agree with that. All right, all right. Got to be careful, though. Okay. Anyways, bottom line is, the reason this Torah portion of, of, of Baloscha is the Torah portion, the generic Torah portion. You don't know which Torah portion, you read this, this Torah portion. Why? Because this is what the... Um, what Shabbos on Shabbos is all about. You read the Torah portion on Shabbos because this is what Shabbos is about. Shabbos is about the holiness of Hashem descending upon the world and, and remaining holy. So too the man descended upon the world and remained holy. And so too with us, we have to take the Shabbos part of Torah, the inner dimension of Torah, and it may not be, you can learn for 15 minutes, half an hour, an hour, it doesn't matter. Imagine if, if one day you only get a little bit of man. You take whatever you could of man. Tzemach Tzedek actually said the following. Listen to this. Tzemach Tzedek said, and when God created the world, He told Adam and Eve not to eat from the tree of knowledge. And they could eat from the tree of life, they shouldn't eat from the tree of knowledge. So it says that they, after they ate from the tree of knowledge, they weren't allowed to eat from the tree of life. Why? Because once you eat from the tree of life, you live forever. And because they ate from the tree of knowledge, so that would cause the good and evil in them to mix together. And so therefore, Hashem didn't want them, now that the evil was mixed in with them, to... Uh, to now have to perpetuate the evil forever if they couldn't eat from the tree of life. That was the law then for Adam and Eve. So too, said the Tzemach before the coming of Mashiach, 
Hashem will tell us to eat from the tree of life. The tree of life is the inner dimension of Torah. So just like in order to avert our dismissal from heaven, we have to be careful not to eat from the tree of knowledge, so to, to, so to speak, to get back into heaven, Hashem tells us to eat from the tree of life. Eat and eat and eat from the tree of life. Rabbi Khan, all of a shalom, he was once talking to somebody who uh, he's telling Rabbi El, I eat, learn chassidus, has no effect on me. He, he learns chassidus, he doesn't see any effect. So Rabbi El said to him, imagine a doctor tells you you need to gain weight. So this guy said, I don't know how to gain weight. The doctor says, so eat butter. So the guy eats a little piece of butter, he takes, he eats, and he pushes himself, he eats a whole, a whole bar of butter. He comes and he goes on the scale and he still weighs the same. And he says, doctor, it's, <laughs> doctor says, then it's not the way, the way it works. I say you have to eat butter. You have to eat lots and lots of butter. So uh, similarly, it's not. It's it, it's it, it's the difference between a pnimi and a chitzin. A pnimi and a chitzin in the chizik lexicon, a pnimi is someone who is who is very present with what they're doing. A chitzin is someone who just wants to get get done with stuff. So a chitzin. So, so so you're interested in having breakfast. Is that a optimistic? Do you, are you really interested, or you just want to have the title of eating breakfast? Most people are hungry, and they want, and they want to eat breakfast, breakfast because they are interested in the breakfast itself, not because they want to be considered as someone who has eaten. Rabbi Elkanel Vashom was once actually walking up Kingston Avenue. He met this yeshiva student, and he, he asked him a question to Chassidus. He started answering the question for a couple of hours, explaining the question. Then Rabbi El asked him, "Why? Which way, way was it coming from?" He said, "That way." He said, "Okay, good. I ate lunch." But he was interested in this stuff, he, but most people are. So, if you're looking for the virtue of studying chassidus, oh, I did it today. Okay, two minutes, not gonna, you're not going to give your animal, so your ego, the satisfaction to say, I did it. But if just like when you, when you want to eat, you want to eat whatever you can, so too, regarding chassidus, you can only learn a few minutes of it, two minutes of it, five minutes of it, because it's something which, which our neshama really needs. doesn't matter, even if you can only do a little bit of it, it's still something which, which is nourishing and, and, and uh, makes it happen and prepares us for the coming of Mashiach. L'chaim, l'chaim. Through his tables, a good of us.